Welcome to the Midnight Watch Podcast. Here at the Midnight Watch, we look for older movies to review, going from the blockbusters to the lacklusters to see which ones are still relevant today. I'm your host, Jeremy, along with my brother, Josh. Welcome to the maiden voyage of the Midnight Watch podcast. Josh, you excited about this? I'm super excited, especially considering this is actually the second take of the maiden voyage of the Midnight Watch podcast. Yes, the first one was so good, we had to do it again. (laughs) Yes, Never mind the fact that we screwed up the audio files. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't fix uh, what's not there when it's in post. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, it's the first podcast right now. We're both excited about this. Uh, many more to come. And uh, we decided to pick the movie Mortal Kombat 1995 because, um, first off, it's an older movie. We can go into the details and see if it actually was a hit, if it wasn't. And uh, for me, actually, I did uh, grow up watching this movie with some of my friends. There was like three movies that I watched um, and throughout the years, and we kind of always come back to them. Um, Josh, what about you? Did you watch this movie uh, when you were growing up? I Well, I did after it had come out. I watched it probably uh, four or five years after the fact. I was obviously, as most kids you know, my age and your age at that time period, we were all um, if not huge fans, we were at least enamored with the Mortal Kombat, you know, video game series. There's nothing else out like it. And, um, you know, with our very conservative background, um, or upbringing, I should say, you know, it was super violent, super, you know, gruesome. So it was, I just remember being at the, you know, pizza restaurant or, you know, a arcade or something and watching kids play it and, it was uh, it was pretty epic. But when the movie came out, I I don't know. I think I'd already seen some pretty legit uh, kung fu movies by yeah. that point, and mm-hmm. it just seemed a little campy to me. And then for sure, I know I had seen The Matrix before I saw this one a few years, you know, after it had come out. And you know, especially at the time, once you saw The Matrix, it just kind of blew every other kung fu action movie, you know, out of the water. There was just you know no standing up to it. So. Long story short, by the time I got to seeing this one, it just did not impress me at all. And uh, if I had seen it right when it came out when I was younger, or especially if if it had come out like when I was 12, because I think I was 15 when this came out, if I'd have been like 12 when I first saw it, I'd, yeah, I would have been like, this is the coolest movie ever. Right? I Yeah, I didn't see this movie when it first came out either. Um, I'm trying to think how old I actually was when I saw this, because this... It's, this was years later than when I saw it, and I and I didn't see The Matrix before this. I there was definitely not a lot of action movies that I saw before I saw this movie, so I actually thought it was pretty good. Uh, it's kind of funny though, like even as a teenager, I didn't feel like this movie had a. I didn't know how to put it into words, but I didn't know think this movie had a lot of heart to it. It was right. interesting, but it wasn't like that's my new favorite movie. But I I did watch it a lot though. It, it is a for me. It is a it is a fun movie to watch. Um, I definitely agree with you. Like, yeah, the Matrix kind of, which came out two or three years later than this movie. Yeah, I think it came out in ninety eight. Ninety eight. Yeah, ninety seven somewhere there. 
Yeah, that just did completely blew away all. It it turned the action movies that like Sylvester Stallone and all that. Uh, it made them like, hey, we need to take this very, very seriously now, and, it, and right. it just, just a different level. And like every ten years, a movie comes along and kind of reinvents the genre to a new level. And I think that's why, yeah, this movie is definitely campy for me and it's cheesy, but I don't, I, I really like this movie. This movie's it's fun. It's a yeah. We'll, we'll rate it a little bit later, but um, right. Yeah, well, I, might as well, I might as well say it now. When I first started watching it, oh, and by the way, my friend Google uh, let me know that The Matrix came out in 1999. 99. Oh. So it probably was a good five years after uh, Mortal Kombat came out that I finally saw it. But anyways, um, when I started watching this movie, well, I guess it was two weeks ago now, just to review it, and I hadn't seen it you know, in quite a while. And I was totally not enjoying it because it, it, it felt like it was trying to be more serious than what I was seeing. And then about halfway through the movies, like the switch got flipped and all of a sudden I was like, this movie is super fun. It's terrible, but I'm actually enjoying myself and it's, it's really fun. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. We should probably read the synopsis. I, we just jumped into oh, yeah. it. What Josh, what's the synopsis of the film? Well, well, Jeremy, let me tell you, uh, let me pull that up. Okay. So the plot of the film follows the warrior monk, Liu Kang, the actor Johnny Cage, and the soldier Sonya Blade, all three guided by the god Raiden on their journey to combat the evil sorcerer Shang Tsung and his forces in a tournament to save Earth. The film's primary source material was 1992's original game of the same title, but it was also inspired by and incorporates elements of 1993's follow-up game, Mortal Kombat 2. There we go. Let's see here. This movie was directed by Paul Anderson, not or Paul W. Anderson, not Paul Thomas Anderson. If you're expecting, I actually would love to see this movie if it was directed by Paul <laughs> Thomas Anderson. <laughs> I think there'd be a lot. That, more, there'd be that a lot would more, be crazy. There'd be a lot more talking and probably less stunts, but uh, I don't know. I think the violence though would have been super like explosive and like out of left field, like shockingly violent parts yeah. of it. That man, that's a whole other conversation. We need to we need to go down that rabbit hole sometime. <laughs> rabbit trail. Uh, yeah, there's another Matrix reference. Rabbit, white rabbit, go down the. Okay, never mind. Stop talking to the Mortal, about Mortal Kombat again. Um, so one thing I immediately struck me uh, from this movie about this movie is how bad the dialogue is. It is like it, it's it's like. Junior highs wrote a, a love or a story about these characters, and yes. then they're just doing their best with it. The dialogue is horrible, but it's amazingly horrible. Right, um, like, like one wrote like <laughs> at the beginning of the movie when they introduced Sonya Blade. This one guy, she's like, "Did you secure the perimeter?" And the other guy's Jacks actually in a cameo. Uh, he's like, "Yeah, you don't trust me." And she's like, "I trust one person on this planet, Jacks. You're talking to her." And it's just <laughs> as soon as you say that, you're like, oh, we're in for a ride. And then, yeah, right after that, they just they go through their the crowd of people and that are at that concert. They're just like beating the snot out of them as they're trying to get through to get to Shang Sun. And I'm like, oh, those poor people at that. that right. At that concert. They just came to see a metal show. And they're oh, I'm right. Smacked in the back with a shotgun. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you've ever been in a circle pit before, I mean, I guess it's not too different i've never been hit in the back of the head though with a shotgun I, i've taken a, a fist to uh to the face a few times at, at those shows but that's 
that's a little bit more to be expected. If somebody pulled a shotgun out first off and started swinging around, I'd be like, okay, where's the merch table? Because I'm out of here. <laughs> Grab a t-shirt. t-shirt. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where's that, where's that new CD? Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, let's see what uh, going on with this. Yeah, Sonya Blade is just right out of the gate. You're like, oh, that this is the type of movie you're in. Oh, right. Uh, real quick, the very first scene in the movie uh, my wife uh, and I call it the crunch scene because it's been so many times. We'll start the movie and she forgets what the movie's about. And then the first scene is just Shang Sun just breaking Liu Kang's younger brother's bones over and over. It's just like, and it's it's so awkward. She's always like, what the heck is this? We get past that scene and then then we settle in and the movie's great. Unfortunately, Shang Sun, you know, was a terrible fighter in the uh, in the movie. So that... They just had to give him those bone crunching abilities, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They did have a good lead up, though. Oh, I forgot we we didn't even mention the the song, the theme song to this movie. Uh, really good song. It's it's just it's very when you hear it, you're like, that's the Mortal Kombat theme song. Except right. except it's not the Mortal Kombat theme song. Actually, it's the song that's called it's called Techno Syndrome, and it's not in any of the Mortal Kombat movies until I think Mortal Kombat 11, which came out a couple of years ago. And this movie came out in 1995. It's, so that's just kind of strange like how that works. Right. Well, I guess, I mean, I guess it just shows the, the impact of that movie on culture from when you hear that song and then you're like, oh, it's, it's Mortal Kombat. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, let's see. So did this movie actually... This movie actually made some money. It was on the budget was around, I think, around like twenty million dollars, and it made worldwide over one hundred and twenty-two million. And so that was actually, it it was a hit. It was number one in theaters for a couple of weeks, and that was pretty cool. Right. Well, it you know it, their target audience was you know kids our age, you know high school, uh, junior high, high school age kids. So I'm sure they all went and saw it. Yeah, especially because that game, the game was huge. I mean, if if mom and dad would have let me go when I was that <laughs> that's true that young, I probably would have gone and checked it out. You know, what's funny when I was a kid, or when this came out, the tr- the just the the poster for this movie like freaked me out I, with the sign, the Mortal Kombat sign. Uh-huh. Watching the, the actual movie, I think the movie's less scary than the poster. <laughs> It's just, yeah, I mean, it's a great poster. I uh, we should we should totally rate posters of movies. That would be really yeah. fun. Because there's, there's some... definitely a lot of movies that have a great poster, and the movie's a total dog turd. Right, right. You cannot judge the movie by its poster. No, no. Yeah, and vi- vice versa too. But yeah, that's true. We the digress. Real, the real question: Would you put this poster up in your in your garage? No, oh, there you go. Yeah. Does it uh does it rate the man cave treatment? Right. I I think I think it would work if the yeah. I feel like we're going somewhere weird. Let's keep moving. Keep moving along. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank let's... God it's only the first episode here. Right. Yeah. Plenty of plenty of times for us to to get fired and then picked up by somebody else. <laughs> uh, so it's it's kind of funny actually. The original screenplay for the film was was more faithful to the games. That in that it had graphic violence and had strong language, making it an R-rated script. But uh, there was a deal that the producers had with New Line Cinema that included that they had to deliver a PG-13 movie to keep the film accessible to the target audience. Which, which is kind of funny because like a ton of teenagers played or watched this movie, 
But the games are M rated, which is like actually right. This is a good question. I don't think that they had the rating system the same that they do now in no, nineteen ninety two. If Wikipedia is correct, this game series was what really lit a fire under that whole rating system because it was so violent compared to anything else. And that's when, you know, good conservative people were like, we can't have this. So right. Yeah, thus, they came up with a rating system. Yeah, that and Night Trap, I think, was the other one. I never played Night Trap. I don't even remember that one. There's a really good review. Shout out to uh, Jeremy Johns. Who uh, he actually does a video about Night Trap, and it's uh, it's pretty fun. Just check it out. Cool. But, all right, let's keep going through the movie. So all the actors actually, believe it or not, like the, the choreography in this movie is not amazing at all. It's it starts off horrible, and then it gets to subpar by the end of the movie. Right. And uh, but all the actors did their own stunts, which is pretty cool. So yeah, always always a cool thing. Yeah, they're like kudos for that for sure. That's not not everybody's Tom Cruise, but uh, that's pretty cool when people do their own stunts. Yeah. And also, too, like the other thing, too, uh, Christopher Lambert plays Raiden, and I thought he was horribly miscast. And I was like, this guy is this juggernaut of an action hero from the late 80s in the Highlander series. Right. And it's like, what is he doing in this movie? Like, he doesn't fight at all. He's just cracking, no. these, cracking these little one-liners, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually, that's my favorite part of the movie. He does, yeah. If it wasn't for uh, Shang Tsung, in my opinion, Christopher Lambert would have totally owned that whole movie <laughs> yeah. with his cheesy one-liners. Right, which actually he made up those cheesy one-liners. Those were not in the not in the original script. The same actually with the, the actor that played Johnny Cage. All of his one-liners he made up on the spot too. Shows the power of the script in this movie. <laughs> I, there you go, or the lack thereof, right? Of, of power. The movie is actually not even about Liu Kang. He just was this guy who kept walking up on set. <laughs> I'm joking. That's this not guy's, true. This guy's got some talent, <laughs> right? Let's just follow him. Oh, speaking of speaking of talent, though, and I'm, you may or, we're just gonna say this, but the actor Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa. I'm sorry, Mr. Tagawa, for butchering your name, but uh, the actor that played Shang Tsung. That guy is amazing. He's been in some some really good um, movies and shows, and most recently, notably, uh, Man in the High Castle. Yes. Um, you know what's also interesting about this movie, too, is uh, there there's several different things that was actually going to be really cool with this movie. I will say this. Paul Anderson, is he's definitely, um, he's like a low-budget uh, Michael Bay in that he does, does these action movies that are, Interesting to watch, but there's not really a lot of substance in it. But sure. he really was trying with this movie. This was his big break. Um, he was only known for a little a short that was called Shopping. Uh, apparently, it was pretty violent, but a lot of people liked the way it was filmed. So that's why he got the this movie. And uh, he was really trying his best. The the one actor in the beginning that's that gives Johnny Cage the the invite to Mortal Kombat is this random guy that, that Johnny Cage is supposed to know. It looks like some director. Apparently, Steven Spielberg was actually supposed to have a a little bit of a cameo right then, but they were scheduling conflicts, and so he wasn't able to come in and shoot that one scene. Wow, that would have been a huge Easter egg. Yeah, that would have been pretty freaking cool. Because otherwise, because it's weird. That guy is like, 
a mixture of the way he looks of like Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. He's just like right in the middle. Like they couldn't decide what he was going to look like. Yeah, no, you're right. But I didn't, think, I didn't even think about that when I saw it. <laughs> well, I was just this time I was watching. I was like, why is this guy important? But that makes sense now if it was supposed to be Steven Spielberg. Another cool thing about this is that actually Johnny Cage was the originally that they were going to offer the role to Brandon Lee before he passed away. And so that would have been kind of interesting. I bet this actually would have helped the movie probably. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Well, the other the other thing that would have helped too was the Johnny Cage, I don't know, mock-up for the game was based off of Jean-Claude Van Damme. And if and they also tried to get him to be in the movie to play Johnny Cage, but he was already signed up to uh, make Street Fighter. Right. I, which, for, I forgot about that. That's so funny. <laughs> so, which that also movie... another thing that would have right. We got to do that movie too. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to do a series, a series of of bad fighting movies. You know, not I just, just action movies, but fighting movies. One thing that's interesting, though, between Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter 2, or Street Fighter, the movie, is both villains, like Raul Julia, who plays in Bison, like, both of them are, are like, the best actors out of the entire movie. Like, right. they really are. Like, they kind of nailed their characters. They, they knew they were going to be kind of cheesy and owned it. But uh, So another thing I thought was cool about this is Goro, actually, was animatronic. Like, they're... There was a guy there, and they made an animatronic suit that they put on his shoulders that had another set of arms, and somebody else controlled the arm, the top arms and the head. So at first, I thought that was claymation, but then I watched a cool video on YouTube, um, The Making of Mortal Kombat, and it showed them controlling it. So that, that's, there's no CG or claymation with Goro. That's somebody controlling him while they're fighting, which is pretty awesome. That is. So the making and, of this and movie, definitely definitely where 15 million of the 20 million went into <laughs> that movie. <laughs> Probably a solid mill for sure. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, we're going to make this guy look as realistic as possible. Right. Yeah. Which they are actually making a new. They are remaking this. Well, I guess I, I don't know if they're remaking this. They're making a new Mortal Kombat movie that's supposed to be a hard R. So we'll see. All right. We'll see when that happens. They've done some cool uh, web series stuff, which was pretty interesting. Yes, I have seen some of that. That was definitely impressive. Uh, that some of that has been out for a little while now, too. Yeah, that was pretty good. So, what do you think was actually the most violent part of this movie? Oh man, uh, probably uh, I guess Scorpion's fatality. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Yeah, it it just and it had to me. It had such a. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, when the, the Nazis open up the Ark, it had such a weird combination of... No, uh, no, that, that's Raiders of the Lost Ark, man. Oh, that's, you're right. It is. When they open the Ark in Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> <laughs> you get my movie straight here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But when um, when the uh, the Nazi commander or whatever, when, his, when he just totally deteriorates and his eyeballs fall out of his head. No, that is... That's what he, that's, that's last year's today. No, dude, it's freaking Raiders. <laughs> Is it Raiders? <laughs> it's Raiders. They uh, open up the Ark and then like the fire comes out of the Ark and, and melts him. Because, that's, I, I know. Okay. okay I was right. Wait, 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 I was wait, thinking actually, of the right one. <laughs> are you thinking, wait, are you thinking of last crusade where he drinks from the chalice and then he melts? It's kind of the same thing happens actually. Right. I think that's why I'm blending them together in my head. But anyways, it had a very <laughs> <laughs> Indiana Jones vibe just like the special effects 
of uh, his fatality. It's it's. I mean, we think about it. It's super PG thirteen. I think they had better graphics and they could have made it actually disturbing to watch him, right? You know, fall apart like that. But I think they did kind of cheese it up to make it not too not too heavy for the kitties. You know, right? No, you definitely want don't want it to be too violent. Poor Scorpion. Yeah. Right. Who's but that? I think. And it's funny because at that point in the movie, I think is when I started really having fun watching it. And then it made me kind of appreciate stuff in the first half. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Also, a little shout out to Sonya Blade's uh, fight scene when she has her little uh, uh, bout or whatever you want to call it. So bad. <laughs> so bad. I mean, it makes Roger Moore look good in his James Bond fighting sequences. <laughs> Roger He's Moore, terrible. Roger Moore, though, always looked good. <laughs> he did. He is a dang good-looking uh, Bond for yes. sure. Yeah, he so was suave. It's definitely suave. Um, yeah, no, I. You know what's funny is actually the actor that plays. Shoot, what's the guy that she's going after in the movie? Kano, K A N O. Kano. So yeah, that guy though. I always thought that he was. Uh, like the, this time when I watched, it, I knew it wasn't true, but I thought that he was number one from Star Trek: Next Generation. I was like, I was oh like, yeah, I was like, it's Riker. Riker, and then I was like, no, it's not Riker. But that would have been amazing if it was, because he's a tall, imposing guy, uh, right, with a solid-looking beard there. Yes, but yes, that fight scene was definitely would have been, that movie that fight scene would have looked better if it was in slow motion actually <laughs> <laughs> it was it was already pretty slow right could it get slower there is in this movie there is the first actual fight scene is is 35 minutes into the movie this is an hour and a half long movie and then then right after though the first one though it goes seven fights in a row which is pretty fast actually like it's pretty right. cool but i mean this movie doesn't have a lot of story to it the but to be honest i didn't even know there was a, a plot in the original mortal Kombat game for a while right i don't think any kid did i mean it was just there's a tournament you right just, they you really know, you fight until you and there's kind of a bad guy at the end and then you beat him and then there you go there you are that's all you need which i mean fight i don't know video game fighting movies are always difficult because yeah generally there's just never any kind of a plot really other than you know a few little lines of dialogue at the beginning when the game opens you know scrolling down the screen but i, I gotta say like this one thing there's okay so there's 10 fights actually in this entire movie so that's not too bad they these i think they slowly get better actually or uh, labor for that they get more entertaining or maybe i was just pulled in by the the charm of this movie this movie not being that interesting it, not that good but in a charming way sure so i think you just have to accept it's going to suck, but it's going to suck pretty awesome. And, you know, and then plus the, the really bad one-liners, it just kind of lets you just relax and be like, okay, this is this is that kind of movie. Let's go. This is a great background movie, um, I think. Like, if you're at a party and you want to have a movie on, this sure. is a great movie because you don't have to pay attention to it. You can just start watching it for five minutes. Oh, that was cool. And then go back to what you were doing before. Right. Uh, oh, I do have another another bit of trivia you told me about uh, before about Christopher Lambert, or you can go ahead and no, say go this ahead. to you about how he he was a big gamer. You were saying in yeah in the early '90s or whatever. So he actually really loved this game and wanted to be a part of the movie. 
And even though they really couldn't afford to pay him, when they were shooting on location, he paid for his own food and lodging and transportation. And Yeah. Um, and then obviously had to write his own lines. <laughs> yeah, no, pretty much. He did not have a lot to do in this for sure. Yeah, no, that that's so cool, though. He just had a great time. And he was like, I just want to be part of this because I love, right. love this game. Which, to me now, that makes it even more fun watching it. And it, it kind of redeems anything he does in the movie because he's probably sure. the, the main fan out of this movie. But there's no, there's two people in this movie, though, that are big fans as well. And that are the two bros during Goro's fights. When they're like looking at each other like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, I pointed it out to my wife. I was like... Look, watch these two these two big meatheads are like when Goro's fighting whoever, like they'll flash over to these two guys that are yelling at each other going, Yeah and they do Yeah, they were they were broing super hard. They do it like five times and you're just like <laughs> Does somebody lose a bet? Like why is this it's funny, like why do they keep putting this in? So keep, right. keep an eye out for the two bros. That's pretty good. The fight the fight choreography uh, was not amazing in this movie. I think if they actually brought in a legit choreographer who was really good with movies like Corey Yoon or Yoon Wu-Ping, either one of them would have been fantastic. That would have brought the to a completely different level. Yeah, it would have it would have brought some legitimacy just to the the martial arts aspect of it. Right. Which is unfortunate since that's the whole concept is that it's, you know, this martial arts you know, epic. I think thing in the 90s potentially Maybe a lot of people were expecting this movie to not be like the ultimate kung fu movie, but more of a gateway kung fu movie for younger people to get into that. That's fair. If not, I hope then we'll pretend it was because that makes the movie make more sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you think about it. If we went and seen this movie, you know, it was PG-13. And then we got older to be able to go see, you know, our movies. Just And I'm coming from the, the basis of, you know, conservative family. You know, to finally be able to get to watch uh, like Red uh, Jet Li's Red Dragon when that came out or something like that, like a legit rated R or, or Jackie Chan's Rumble in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Actually, was that PG-13? That might have been PG-13. I never saw but, that one, actually. Oh, classic. Mm. It's good. Legit. Another guy does his own stunts. <laughs> that guy does his own stunts so much <laughs> that insurance companies don't want to insure him here in America because he always hurts no. himself. Yes. Yeah, he had an epic one in that movie. Like he jumped off a huge scaffolding or a crane onto a hovercraft or something. I don't know. It was some like crazy hundred foot jump or something ridiculous like that. That guy. But anyways, I do think that's a that's a kind of a cool assessment to see that it would could totally be a gateway movie into you know some legit you know even to this day pretty pretty good uh, martial arts movies. Yeah, I agree. Now, I'm trying to think like what. So exactly. So we have two ways that we actually decide how how the movie is good. It's like number one, did it hit what it was aiming for when it came out, and then number two is personal enjoyment. So with this, uh, are you thinking about giving the movie your rating? You got an idea now? I I give it a B. Did you think it actually in 1995? Did it do what it was trying to do? Well, considering that it definitely made back its it's money. I think for sure it did. I think they definitely rode the success of the games really well and caught that target audience. And, you know, a bunch of kids went and saw the movie and even if they didn't like it, they all went and saw the movie anyways. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I think it I think it worked for the time period. 
watching it, you know, later to give it a, a B rating because I, I was entertained, but only at how bad it was, yeah. which and it was and, and fun, fun and bad. And it brought back a lot of fun memories of, you know, being a kid when this, um, you know, video game came out and enjoying that. Yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah, B definitely for hitting its mark. Uh, it was not. It was. I don't think it was a blockbuster, but it definitely was a hit. Uh, for sure. Sure. And then yeah, and personal enjoyment. Yeah, this is a this is a classic. So bad it's good movie. Well, I don't even know if it's that. No, I take it back. It's just che- it's cheesy. It's classic cheesy movie. Sure. And I enjoy I enjoy watching this movie at least once a year. Something like that. I just pop it on and it's just it's just fun something you can just relax let your guard down and enjoy it so i definitely it's not my favorite but it's it's definitely i'd give it a b for sure it's definitely yeah. good it's better than average it'd be in a cheesy movie right well i mean like we just kind of keep saying i mean it, it has a it's got that nostalgic vibe it's uh it's very it's very 90s very mid 90s yes and uh, another thing too is this movie actually held the crown for being the best video game movie for I want to say probably 20 years. And wow. Yeah. I, it's really sad. More <laughs> <laughs> impressive? I don't, I don't know. That's impressively sad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. No, I, I think actually I'm trying to think of a movie that was actually a good version of a, it, it's hard to adapt a video game into a mo- some movies because the games are either 70 hours long or there's not hardly any plot anyways. And right. It's it's definitely hard to find that sweet spot in the middle. Yeah. I think the way that TV is, has really captured the long form of, you know, visual storytelling, I think maybe some of these video games would make a great miniseries or a great TV series. Uh, especially, like you said, those 70-hour ones that have, you know, a ton of storyline in it. Absolutely. But I think it's always going to be a struggle to make a, you know, hour and a half, two-hour movie. Yeah. And do it well. Now, the one thing that's funny is that we were mentioning TV shows. I didn't know this until I was looking up some uh, trivia on this movie. They actually had a, a TV show that came out after this movie. It was one season long. And it apparently was started, like, there's a cult following for that TV show. But it was starting to get pretty good, apparently, for a 1996 TV show. Wow. Pretty amazing. And then they came out with... Pretty this, amazing. They came out with a sequel movie. And... They, they. If you thought Mortal Kombat was cheesy, <laughs> wait till you see Mortal Kombat Annihilation. It makes Mortal Kombat look like Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah, wow, it is horrible. We can't, can't wait, wait to review that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny though. I watched these movies back to back. The first time I saw them, Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and I actually liked the second movie better as a kid. Than, huh. than the first one. And I think it's because they have like three times as many characters and the there's a lot more fight scenes and the movie makes no sense at all. Uh, so watching it, it's just kind of like watching a two hour long music video. Right on. I guess that kind of goes to show what you guys are in for for this podcast. If I think that <laughs> Annihilation <laughs> is better than the first Mortal Kombat, <laughs> get ready for wow. <laughs> some other ones. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to chalk this up to uh, the first episode. First episode. Well, thanks, guys, for, for listening. Upwards. Yes. Yeah, please rate us, uh, re- review us if you enjoyed it, share it, all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We got a, 
Another hot movie coming up next week. We're going to be trying to release these once a week is what we're looking at. So far, I think we'll be able to do that. Give you a clue. Uh, it is a movie that's based off a book. They did a remake of the of the movie. If you have pets, you might be interested in watching this movie. Now that I think about it, I definitely wouldn't want to watch this movie if I was just if this is a movie about pets. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, yeah, if you think you know what it is, uh, then yeah, go ahead and leave a comment where there's a spot to leave a comment. And if there's not, we're still putting this podcast together. So um, <laughs> hang in there, hang in there, watchers. We'll see where we go. And as always, keep up the watch. <laughs>